Welcome to episode three of Project Potential. <clears throat> this week's guest is Austin Carfee. Um, I'm super excited to have him on the show. Austin and I met in New York. Uh, we were both interning at Sony Music. He was at RCA and I was at Columbia. Um, and he was actually, he might have been the first person I really met um, at the internship. It was at orientation. And we just kind of hit it off and he was like, yo, let me get your number. Let's grab a beer. And it was just kind of the rest of his history. And um, yeah, he was, he was super fun to talk to. I always loved talking to him because I felt like it was just idea after idea with this man. Like we could just, it was crazy. We would just like sit down at a party or wherever and we would just go off and talk about music and creative and just anything. So um, I'm super excited for what he has to say during this episode. Um, Austin is starting his own media company, Carfi Media. It is at Carfi Media on Instagram and CarfiMedia.com, right? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. And also, Austin did our cover, that oh, beautiful yeah. podcast cover, so we're super grateful for that. Yeah, super sick. And again, like a super fun process working with him on that. He just has idea after idea. Um, you know, I, I know Austin kind of well, so let's start off with a weird question. Austin, what was your, um, what was your childhood like? My childhood. Um, so I grew up in Sandy Hook in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, and I lived there for eight years. I went to Sandy Hook elementary school. Um, wait, is that the Sandy Hook? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So I went there, but then I moved to Park City, Utah. Um, in fifth grade and I was there for a while. So I got to experience out West. Um, and then I moved back to Connecticut, uh, but to a different part in the middle of high school. So I moved around a little bit. I got to experience East coast and West coast. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much. And when you were younger, did you find yourself as a creative person? Were you doing creative things or were you more just kind of an athlete well so that's interesting i i think i was both and i don't i didn't really realize it then but i realize it now that i really enjoyed like art class in elementary school that was my favorite class i loved creating i don't think i was ever really like good i always wanted to be good but if i would ever go somewhere where i found myself bored or like I knew I would be bored I would bring like a, a little sketch pad and I'd like be sketching but it was never good <laughs> like I just knew I liked it um so yeah I definitely liked art and music I got into percussion guitar at an early age and then percussion uh growing up through high school um yeah and then in high school is when I started photography like realized that I really like photography. Um, and I took like my, my first pictures, probably sophomore year, like with an actual camera, like not just an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then from there was like, Oh, what's, 
what's graphic design like and got into like the computer art classes and all that stuff and kind of knew I wanted a career um, like in a creative field in high school. That's like really when I decided that. Yeah. Wow. And did you, you took those classes in high school for like digital design? Yeah, I took, I started with photography, took all the photography classes. Then I got into all the computer art classes because it was all that was left. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I ended up taking AP art and like did super well in AP art. And I had a photography portfolio. In That's AP awesome. Art. So it, it sounds like what you're doing now is like a combination of, you know, growing up, learning how to play instruments, loving music, um, the digital design stuff you did, and then also um, your photography. It's cool. It's like a culmination of all of them. Yeah, I knew, I definitely knew I wanted to like be creative. And it's funny, like when I look back of how I'm interested in the music industry now, when I look back in elementary school, like we had to pick at Sandy Hook, we had this thing where we had to pick like one of 20 careers. Like it was like some career day type thing. I don't even know. I hated that shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I picked music producer. Didn't even know what that was, but it was the only one that like, was artistic it was the only like creative one you picked so, up music what what was the second producer. word producer which like i didn't even know what that was at the time you saw music i just saw music and the rest were like boring to me like accountant and like stuff i did not want to do so that's crazy i feel like a lot of people don't really recognize their passion early on a lot of people I didn't are like then though you know like i didn't I didn't recognize it then. I can realize it now looking back, which is like weird. So it was almost like a subconscious want of like yeah. being in the music industry and being creative. I mean, not necessarily in the music industry, but more so being creative. But um, <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of risk that comes with pursuing a creative career like that, like graphic, especially an independent one. Um, but I, you know, from past conversations, and I'd love to get into this in a little bit, like you are very set on being your own boss and having your own company. But those two things are kind of, they're almost, it's almost ironic to want to pursue a creative field and make enough money to be your own boss. Like where, where does your mindset come in with that? Because I know there's a lot of risk and I know. Yeah. So, so going back to high school in high school, I had like a moral dilemma of like, I want to be a creative but like, I know it's tough to make money. Like it's, it's tough. Like the whole graphic design field or motion graphics or whatever, like it can be tough to, to make like a lot of money. So I had this like whole dilemma and I I was going to go to uh, Skidmore originally. I ended up going to UConn, but I was going to go to Skidmore and study business and double major with like studio art. And that really wasn't what I wanted to do, but it's what I, you know, felt like would be good so that I could get a business background, but then still do art. Um, but then I visited UConn and I went to this program called Digital Media and Design. That was my major. Um, and they were heavily focused on business and like media and creating and art. So I uh, ended up concentrating in digital media strategies for business. Um, but through those classes, all my projects were mocking stuff up for like, you know, pretend projects, like, like mocking up the creative for like a BMW campaign or 
just like stuff like that every day, every week, like just constantly creating like mock-ups of these like things that relate to business, but they're, it's like commercial art. So that's kind of where my company came from now is like I had, I had that skill set, you know, and I was able to learn like media in business basically. So did you have a favorite project in college? Yeah. Probably the one I did senior year. I made that horror film peaches. Peaches. Yeah. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, we made it like super quick. Uh, It was, it was in a film class though. It wasn't in my major. It was in a separate film class. Um, like a narrative film class. Yeah. So we made like a, a short horror film. It was like 13 minutes um, about, about a clown. <laughs> I'm very curious about film. I know it's not really your expertise, but what was like mm-hmm. the work in the background versus, versus the 13 minutes that came out, right? Like, was it, you guys put 30, 30 hours of work for a 13 minute film? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, probably more than that. Uh, but yeah. So that class, we had a project that fell through. Um, a different film fell through. Like it just, it didn't end up working out. Like we were, we were unable to get back to our location and finish it and the whole bit. So uh, me and like the kid I was making it with um, kind of just like pivoted and made a different film. Uh, and we had to put it together quick. Like we wrote a script in like two weeks and then we had to get pre-production stuff done like really fast. Like when normally you want a year for this kind of thing, if you want to like really plan it out, we had to do it quick. And then we had like three days to shoot. And it's funny with the whole pandemic, we wanted to go back and shoot this last scene that we were like, Oh, we could do it after spring break. And I told my buddy Ian, who I made it with, I was like, I don't think we're coming back. Like, I'm pretty worried about this whole COVID thing. So he was like, all right, all right, like, let's try to rush it in. So we like rushed filming, tried to get it done as quick as possible. And um, we ended up getting it done. And then COVID came, we never went back to school. So I'm glad we did. But that film was definitely like more rushed, but it was a it was like a blast. It was super fun to make. Um, looking back on it like it's so it was just a, a great time and a great learning experience so I would say that was probably my favorite that sounds so fun I'm sorry about COVID because I got to imagine like when you're filming that just makes it you can't be in close proximity and everything well we filmed right before like we filmed like when it was just getting to the U.S. so we weren't like there was no like masks or anything it was when like when they were like don't come back to school so it was before spring oh, yeah. break yeah. Yeah. So it it worked out. Um but I've shot music videos recently like with COVID where you have to keep your mask on the whole time and you have to be careful the whole time. It's 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 definitely more of a challenge. Yeah. Are there like COVID themed music videos that you've done? No. Like no, where they're that. wearing masks. Yeah. No, no. We let the artists like not wear their masks. Yeah. Um But yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so what have you been working on recently? Um, a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of stuff. I've been all over the place. Like I said, like we were talking before this, I, uh, I just got a project like reorganizing a flow chart for a wealth management group. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, that's like a whole, you got to sit down and plan this thing out and like think critically about what the best way to design this is. Cause it's no longer like, let me just get creative. It's like, it needs to, 
makes sense. So like there's a whole other element to it, but design's really problem solving anyway. So I think I can tackle it, but it's definitely one of those ones you have to sit back and like think about before yeah. you jump into. And do people do people approach like approach you for did this wealth management company reach out to you and say, Hey, could you do this? Yeah. Yeah. Um I know them like through or I know one of the partners through like my family. Um but yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Is that how it typically is with clients? They kind of reach out to you or do you, oh, I mean, I guess you mentioned you you do, you sometimes do like cold DMs on. Yeah, I've DM'd people. So I was telling you, we talked a while ago, uh, I DM'd someone that, that's music I found really interesting. And I was like, I know you're like hyping up your newest release. Like, do you need a video? And he ended up saying yes. And now we're in talks to shoot a music video. Um, wow. And I didn't really know him. So so that worked out, um, and I actually ended up doing his album art. Mm-hmm. So that's that's done, like his track list and his album art. Uh, I designed, um, so that that's done, and we're in talks for the music video. And yeah, I just reached out to this guy through Instagram and ended up getting that. So that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that that's one example, but a lot of the time it's it's referrals. Like that's why getting to as many clients as I can right now is most important because if you do good work for them, the people that they know when they say, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, a photographer or whatever, then they recommend you. So I'm trying to get to as many clients as I can. I'm like very much so in the grind phase right now where I'm up late, just trying to get like, put my best foot forward on my work um, for every client, you know? What is the the feeling? Because I've thought about, I mean, I've never had to do, you know, digital design for anybody, but I always think of like, man, if someone reached out to me, like I'd be scared shitless. Like they're depending on their company's brand or like their image. Like they're depending on me to create something good. Like what are your emotions going, especially like with this wealth management? I'm sure this is, this is kind of a first for you. Like what are your thoughts and how do you approach these processes? Yeah, I mean, the first thought is I want to do as good of a job as I can. So when when you give something back to a client and the final product like they're really excited about and they express that to you, like there's no better feeling. Like that's the best feeling is to give like somebody reaches out to you for content and then you create it and they're like super pleased with it. That's that's like the best feeling. So that's like that's what you strive to get every time is that like emotion out of them where there's like really happy with the final product. So but yeah, I I would say um going into those projects, it's you really just have to do the best work you can on any given day, you know? And you have to stand behind your work and say like this is the best I got. Like this is as creative as I can be. Like you can't take any projects lightly. Like they all need to be you know, as good as you can make them. Um and then you have to stand behind your choices, like your design choices it's it's discouraging like when clients don't like what you've done or what you've chosen to do like that happens you know every once in a while they're like oh like I thought you were going to go a different direction with that and it's super discouraging but you have to kind of like not take that personally and just you know think that they had a different mindset of of where the project was going to go and then you have to pivot and you know make it what they want it to be so yeah i would say it, it's definitely like you have to be confident in your work and you have to 
stand behind it and say like this is this is the best I got on any given day on any given project so yeah I can imagine in a creative field too like everything is subjective you know there's going to be a lot of people who like it and then there's always going to be those people who are like oh no that isn't good enough for me so like right how how does your mindset play into it um because you mentioned about staying confident and standing behind your work um is there is there anything that you do for your mindset and like to that has helped you kind of develop that that confidence um i don't know you know i I know you guys talk a lot about meditating and stuff which is something that i really i've heard it so many times and i really (laughs) want to i really want to start doing because i know how it's affected so many people and how it's helped so many people so um is there anything that i do i don't think so i mean when I when I get tasked with something really complex, I like to, if I'm stuck, um, just like part of my process is if I'm stuck, like I need to walk away and just like relax for a second. Like li- literally I'll lay in my bed and I'll just like think through it like slowly. Sometimes you just need to step back and like just relax your mind um, to be able to like untangle, you know, the problem that you're having. So yeah. we just had a problem with our music video that I'm editing right now that should come out pretty soon, like within a week. Yep. Um, and my crew was like, I was talking to them about the issue, like with the edit, and they were like, um, oh, well, you have to redo those clips. Like you have to re, it was about the color grade. They were like, you have to regrade them. And I was like, we should not have to do that because there's no way to get like it perfectly matched again. So I was like, we should not have to do that. Like there's got to be a better solution. So I literally like took a shower, like laid down. And then I thought of something like that I would never have thought of if I didn't step away. Yeah. Um, And I was able to fix the issue and now the edit's done. So um, yeah, as far as like my process with, designing or with anything creative I I think I kind of just play off my initial ideas and then if I get stuck I I, you got to step away because the longer you look at something like the more stuck you get almost so I like to step away and then I like to sit on something for a little while like I was telling you Liam when we were doing the, the cover for this I was like, we should probably like sit on it for a day like wake up tomorrow relook at it if you still like it then let's let's roll with it but yeah um yeah so i don't it's know it's great we're very happy with it <laughs> good I'm yeah fine. no definitely i mean i think it's super important to recognize that point of when you need to step back to and i yeah. feel like that's applicable with most endeavors but especially the creative yeah. ones um no it's funny it's like i kind of equate it to like if you say one word enough it just starts to sound really weird in your head yeah, if it's you know if you're making a project, especially if it's visual, you're staring at something. It almost creates its own shape. That you just step back and kind of reset. When you when you're like designing like one word for a title, or like you're looking at one word for like I don't know, even like the title of a music video or whatever, and you're creating the the title sequence, or when you stare at that one word for that long, it doesn't look like the same word anymore, and you start to <laughs> hate like what font you've chosen or like the spacing or and it you're like are other people gonna be able to read this like yeah it becomes crazy so you have to like step back and and come back to it you know at a later yeah. time yeah. yeah that that reminds me um 
I've, I've been a guitarist since I was a, a young kid, but, um, coming up with riffs, sometimes I play something and it sounds cool and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll roll with that. But then when I keep playing it and trying to build off of it, it's like, you know, when you keep hearing it over and over and over, it's like, oh no, I don't like this something else. Um, so it kind of, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Repetition. Yeah. Your brain. Cause I don't know. I don't know if the, the brain is used to just having something be so repetitive, like the same thing. Like it kind of looks for something new, you know? Yeah. Like if I, if I stare at a wall, it's and it's blank. But if I stare at it longer and longer, I start to see little, these little shapes yeah. that I never saw before. It's interesting. Um, so you're starting your media company, um, mm-hmm. and it's not just limited to music, but ideally, you know, like let's say three, five, even seven years from now, what does this media company look like, and what's the typical work you're doing? Um, so it started as. I saw, I knew what I learned in college, which is a little bit of everything with the major that I, or the concentration that I chose. So in that major, you can be a a 2D designer, you could be a 3D designer, you could be a game designer, web designer. Um, But I chose digital media strategies for business because I knew that I would get to like create projects um, with a business mindset, but then I could use all mediums of design you know i could make videos i could do graphic design i could do motion graphics so i kind of learned it all um which is why i think i'm a good you know art director creative director because i can understand the world of you know 3d video graphic design like whatever um whoever i may need to direct um so i kind of dipped my hands into everything I was super ambitious. I tried to take as many classes as I could in everything. So I felt like I built this base uh, and the skill set that would appeal to, um, at the time that I figured this out, which is about a year ago now, um, small businesses who need help with content creation and you know updating their website. And there's so many small business owners that don't have the time or don't have the knowledge to jump online and build their build their digital presence um they you know a lot of them just don't understand the web i guess like understand exactly what they should be doing they know like there's this social media thing and you know there's this web but i i I know I should be on social media, but I don't know how to build my audience. and I don't know how often I should post and I don't know what I should be posting. So I started it with that mindset of like, let me get as many small business owners as I can and help them uh, like get more customers and like just build their overall brand on the web so that when people go online, like they choose you over your competitor. So that's how it started. And then... Um, my love for like music and working with artists kind of it came in. So now I'm doing everything. <laughs> like it's, it's truly, it's truly just like a, a creative agency, Carfi Media. So um, I'm doing music videos. I just did album art, um, but then I could help a wealth management group with their <laughs> graphics, you know? Um, and then just social content. A lot of small businesses, I'm just doing social content for whatever they may need. Like if they need an Instagram post designed or um, like 
graphics. One, one guy's a sports journalist, I guess. Um, so I make a lot of graphics for his stories that like direct people to read his stories, post games or, you know, game day graphics just to get people excited about the game and then to read his stories like for swipe ups on Instagram, stuff like that. So um, that's how it started. And, you know, I want to expand the the small business sector and keep helping people with their graphics because I honestly really enjoy it. And, you know, I don't charge a ton of money because I know that they're not going to invest a ton of money into their, you know, digital presence until they know that it's working really. So I want to increase quantity there, I guess, with clients. And then I want to start to work on bigger name clients uh, with artists. So yeah, get it. Like it gets me excited to think about, you know, working with people who have bigger followings, you know, have a bigger budget for a music video, have a bigger budget for art where I could really spend more time on it um and do it the way that I would want to do it with a with a real budget you know renting locations getting the best camera possible you know having a bigger crew stuff like that so uh 5 years down the line I hope to be you know working with bigger artists having more employees um and just yeah overall expanding I wouldn't say going in one direction I'm kind of all over the place now and I I like that <laughs> I like that I'm making content that's different every day. So Austin worked at RCA. He did a mock marketing campaign with some other interns and they won. Um, the summer we both worked there. And then mm-hmm. was it this past year during the school year that they asked you to be freelance? Yeah, they asked me. Um, I don't know what month it was. Maybe February? Mm-hmm. January? Okay. Um, to, to come on and do like temp work for them. Um, right. cause their creative department mm-hmm. was really small and they needed a hand because RCA is like, you know, it's, I feel like it's growing. They're getting bigger name artists. They're signing more artists all the time. So they, they need a bigger creative department. So they asked me to come on and do what I was doing basically in the, in the summer. Okay. Um, which was motion graphics design. So, but you you decided to step back from that, right, to pursue Carfi Media. Yeah, it was a it was a big leap, and uh, it it was like eating at me for a while. That like, did I make the right decision? Did I do this? Did I do that? But I I, I do think it was the right decision. Um, I worked there for like about three months, from May to August. Sometime in August, um, I ended up stepping back because I started my company really in January. But with school, I was just doing some projects, like some random stuff. Um, but I like built the foundation of the business. You know, I set it up as an LLC and all of that. And then in May, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have my company and I'm gonna work for RCA." But then I realized that the music industry is incredibly time-consuming. Um, they needed me to work a lot of hours and I just couldn't get Carfee Media where I wanted to get it. Yeah. I couldn't grow it and expand. Um, so basically I decided to step away. They kept me on as a vendor to do freelance work for them when they need it. Um, which I was happy about cause it was tough to step away. I love working on those projects, like for big name artists. You know, when ASAP Ferg posts your like video that you made for him, it's 
it's a pretty cool feeling to get like hundreds of thousands of views. So, uh, dude, that's so brave to step away from that to pursue your your own startup. Like, oh my god, that's so admirable though that you you're so determined with your own project that you were able to step away from that. So, that's so awesome. Yeah. So that's it. Was definitely a moment that like I was thinking about for a while leading up to it and then a while after like did I make the right call because I was only there for three months like it's so hard to get a job right now and I had a job and I was like you know done with it because I wanted to to pursue my own thing uh and go like deeper into it so I you know I stepped away and I've I've been able to since then like probably double how much business I'm doing wow um maybe triple since like the middle of RCA when I was just, you know, RCA took priority because I needed to get those projects done like in a timely manner. And I was working extra hours all the time. I was up late and it was really stressful for me working there just because um, when you, when you work on projects for a, a big name artist, I'm a perfectionist. So like I like feared like sending in a project and like something not being centered or yeah like one thing like glitching or being off and and then like asap ferg posts it or like miley cyrus posts it and there's something wrong with it and i can see but like nobody would really notice that would drive me crazy so i it, it was stressful for me to work on those projects but like you got to love you got to love that like pressure and that stress like it was definitely like a privilege to work on those um but since then, yeah, I've I've definitely enjoyed being my own boss and trying to build my own thing. Um, that's like sort of what I've always wanted, and I, I kind of realized that in college. Um, in high school, I realized I want to be in a creative field, and in college, I realized that I kind of want to be my own boss. I think through my internships, I was like, I don't really want to work a nine-to-five. Or in the media world, it's been like 10 to 6 usually for <laughs> for those companies. But yeah, I kind of realized like I take a lot of pride in building something myself and then growing it. Like that's super yeah. like gratifying to me. That's amazing. And like I, I've got to imagine, do you, do you have more creative control obviously with your own brand? Like at RCA, where they telling you, hey, this is what we want. You got to do it this way. Whereas... Like, what's the difference between the two as far as your projects go? Not just like the management, but what you're creating. Um, they let you, they let you kind of work on your own. Okay, that's good. You know, they there's guidelines for what you do, general guidelines for like you know how you do things. But um, for every artist, it's different what creative they want. You know, so if you're making like a pre-roll to roll out like a new music video for an artist, like you have to you know, create something that matches their brand. Yeah. So I'd say it was different. Um, but, you know, ultimately your name's not on that work. Oh, that it's you RCA. Just, you know, it's RCA. So when you have your own company, it's it's Carfee Media that did that work. And that's like super exciting to me. And that's that's what I want. You know, that's what I love. So, um, so yeah. So I that went is, all that in. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Like that is, that's such a brave move. I'm trying to get my head around that. Just like you're working with these celebrity musicians and like having a blast, but just the mental 
fortitude it takes to make that decision is amazing. Just fully wow. determined too. Um, you know, talking about this internship, I mean, I know like an internship at Sony is pretty competitive and I, and like, especially in the digital field, like a lot of people are getting into it. Is there something you did leading up to that internship? Maybe the few years, maybe it was some classes you took, but that you felt like really helped you stand out against the people that were also applying for those positions of being a digital creative? Uh, for RCA? Yeah. It was, it was probably iHeart that got me RCA, I would say. Just the content that I made at iHeart, I think being in the music industry, and I made some pretty cool stuff at iHeart that I was proud of, I think that got me, I think that was what set me you know, apart to get me into RCA. I believe. <laughs> um, so what, what was the type of stuff you were doing at iHeart? iHeart, um, I was a graphic designer. So RCA was motion graphics. iHeart was a graphic designer. Um, so I went from still like still work to motion. So um, I did a lot of like promo stuff, like same stuff really, but it was still, you know, like so stuff for stuff for web uh, promoting artists like new albums and you know radio appearances and stuff like that and then like contest graphics for artists to post um, you know for like giveaways and stuff like that um, but the coolest thing I did there I I would say well there's a couple things that stand out but um, the most challenging project I think I've ever had and the coolest one was probably designing the, the podcast cover for spit which is a podcast um, with 23andMe and iHeart. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, like the gene that, testing or the hereditary yeah. thing? Yeah, they have a partnership with, uh, yeah. with iHeartRadio um, where they, they created a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's been like Mike Posner's been on there, John Legend's been on there. Like, there's big names on there. Um, Tim McGraw. So, um it was my second day i think first day was onboarding second day they're like hey uh we have a project for you and i was the one who had to come up with like the design of this podcast cover i had never done anything like that yeah um so i came up with all these different ideas and then like i was working with the creative director of iHeartMedia. media basically i was like in his office showing him all my all my ideas and um you know, we, we eventually went with one and then I tweaked it for like two weeks, just like changing it, like subtle little changes and working with, you know, the people on the podcast and the creative director. And eventually we landed on something that's still there today. It's been like four something years, I think. Oh, um, wow. Timeless art by super, Austin Carfee. What? <laughs> Timeless art by Austin Carfee. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's super cool to see that like still standing and I'm really proud of it still. It's like a, it's like a spit splatter with like the jeans, you know, like the rainbow jeans on the 23andMe stuff, like the jeans in the background of the spit. And then it said spit through the middle of like the splatter. Um, Dude, that's awesome. How do you come up yeah. with this? That's one thing I was wondering too, is like, how does it come to you? Do you, do you set aside time in your day to like brainstorm or is it, does it just kind of like come to you throughout the day? Um, so in terms of one specific project, I usually just think of 
a lane to go and then I just take it. I don't waste any time. I just like do it. Yeah. And then if I don't like it, then I'll step back and be like, what don't I like about it? How can I change it? Um, I used to set aside time to brainstorm more like business ideas. Like I would have a, a pad and a pen and I would just write down like, what are problems that need solving? <laughs> this is before I went like all into Carfee Media, but I knew I wanted to have a business. I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I would kind of just write down, you know, problems that need solving and potential businesses that I could start. So I had brainstorming sessions like that, I would say. But for projects, I kind of just, you have to just start it, I think. You have to get something down. Like even when you're the most stumped ever and you're making like a podcast cover, you got to just get something down and then you can look at what you don't like about it and kind of pivot from there. So I don't think I have any brainstorming when it comes to a project. Um, got to put something down, whether it's on a pad or on the computer. Um, and then what you don't like about it is when you can kind of step away and relax and be like, what can I change? So I would say, but for the, for the spit cover, I ended up, I think I just thought of like the idea of a splatter first and then I, we just ran with it and used a bunch of different splatters and a bunch of different shapes. And I think they liked that initially. So I just kind of played off that concept and kept tweaking that concept, but I got to work on some cool stuff there. Like I made billboards for, um, what was the song? East side by, uh, Who's in that? Halsey, Benny Blanco, and Khalid, I think. Yeah, so I made a billboard for that. I made a billboard for Nas, which was cool. Wow. Um, and then when he came to New York, I got to go to his show, and I made the backstage passes. So I ended up, like, grabbing one and going backstage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have That's a video a of, like, Nas just, like, walking by me <laughs> when he got off, for his, off of his set which is cool. Um, but yeah, super cool projects there. And I think that's what got me RCA. And I was interested in that just because of my love for music all along. So I got iHeart, which got me RCA, I think. Um, and how did you get iHeart? Uh, I had a connection. I had a portfolio of graphic design, but then I had a connection um, to the CEO of, <laughs> of oh, iHeart well, Media. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> So um, I that think they pulled some strings and got me in. Yeah, so I feel super fortunate to have gotten that. And then, um, you know, they were able to hire me because I had a graphic design portfolio. Like I was capable. Um, and I learned so much there. Um, yeah. So I think that was a huge stepping stone for me. Like I think iHeart set up everything, really. Wow. wow. So. so you just kind of took it and you, again, like you're – I think I'm seeing this reoccurring theme of just kind of recognizing what's right for you, right? Like you, yeah. whether it's working on a project and you're stuck, you have to recognize that you're stepping back is the right thing to do. Or you work in an RCA, you have to recognize that you didn't have enough time to pursue Coffee Media or working at iHeart was like, oh, I like this is what I want to do. Like, this yeah. is great. I'm going to keep pursuing this. That's awesome. The thing about RCA is I knew I wasn't going to be there long because I, I wanted my own business. Like, I think it was Kevin O'Leary, you know, from Shark Tank. He, I saw oh, yeah. something I saw something with him once where he's like, there's two types of people. There's the type that 
is okay getting a salary and working for someone and like they want to be given orders and follow them and they're okay with like what they know they're going to make annually. Like I don't even understand that. Like I'm just not wired that way. Like I want my own thing that I can make as big as I want. Like I, I get excited at the thought of like spending the rest of my life trying to grow my company as big as I can make it. And like, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. Like I want to do, I want to work on as big of projects as I can. And I want to make my company as big as it can be. Dude, I can tell your mindset is great. Like, um, cause you're mentioning about starting Carfee media, like this whole time I'm thinking, I have no doubt that it's going to blow up. Like considering the connections you've been able to make at iHeart and RCA, I mean, also that you're working with these artists, like I'm so excited to see how this, uh, how this plays out. Cause Thank you. It it really it's looking good. That's awesome. Thank you. It's crazy. So I I mean I guess this kind of plays into Carfu Media and to the scalability of it. Um, and you could equate this to COVID or not, but um, relating to music, how do you see digital design playing a bigger role in the music industry moving forward? Um, I mean, you can see the steps that they've already taken, like Spotify having canvases. Yeah. Like there's such there's such an emphasis now on like visuals to music, which I don't think was there before. You know, like it, the first thing artists think when they drop a new album, especially like younger ones, are like, "What what videos am I gonna do? Like, what am I gonna put out? Like, what's the first song I'm gonna make a video to?" Um, I think visuals have totally taken over, and especially TikTok now too. Like, that's another example. Um, Visuals have totally taken over and even like a really good music video likes like makes you like a song more, <laughs> I think. Um, so I, I just think there's a massive emphasis on visuals paired with the music now. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's it's become like sort of a standard. Um, even like album art, like people pay attention to it more and more now when before it was like, you know, it could be anything. It could be like a red square and the song, it doesn't, it's not going to affect the song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you see, cause I read an article actually recently cause I'm working with the band Jack Lando and I was thinking about cover art. Um, and it actually mentioned when making cover art, you have to consider the playlists it might be on because that's interesting they were saying like if you're scrolling through rap caviar and then you see a certain cover art and it doesn't fit with the rap theme then you're less likely to pick it which is just crazy to me how like how finite these de- i mean how like small these details are becoming with visuals cuz it's like something you don't even think about but like the way that music is changing, right? Like Spotify playlists are, they, I, I, I'm not even gonna say they are the future. Like they're the present. Like that's the difference between a, a hundred million listens and a hundred thousand listens on a song. So it's just kind of bizarre, like how everything kind of plays into each other, right? Like artists, yeah, they do have to depend on visuals when they're creating um, campaigns and stuff. But like, Dude, just like a cover art, that's not like it's it's not even a half inch on my screen yet. They're like, hey, you got to consider where it's going to fit on playlists and like fitting into that theme. Um, 
it's just it's just crazy. I feel like that's it's such a fun industry to be in because it changes it so quickly. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So man, it's nuts. Scrolling through Spotify too, like unless you're playing the song and it's taken most of your screen, it's just that tiny little square when you're going through a playlist. So like I wonder how that plays in, like grabbing enough attention from a little image. Yep. From you know? a little Yeah, you have to think about that when you design, like how big is it gonna be? Like we were talking about that with the cover for this, like it's not going to be that big. You're not going to see the tiny, tiny details. Um, so if you want them to stand out, like they need to be bigger or, you know, they need to be a different color or whatever. You have to, you have to think about, you always need to think about where your content's going to live. Like that's the first question. That's the first question I ask people is they're like, oh, I need a new, you know, marketing, you know, like a, a sign or something or a, a banner. And I'm like, well, where's it going to go? Like, what walls are going to be on? Where are you going to put it? Because it's important to think about those things first. Even, like, down to color. Like, if it's going to be made for print, I need to change the, the color mode that I'm working in. If it's going to be digital, I need to work in RGB. If it's going to be for print, I need to work in CMYK. So it, it you, that's, like, the first question I ask. It's what are you using it for and where is it going to be? Um, so, yeah. But how does how does that play? Because I feel like... It's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? With when it comes to music, that album art is literally everywhere. It's like on a Spotify playlist. It pops up when I'm listening on my phone. It's also being posted on Instagram and maybe it's a logo on YouTube and then maybe it makes it into a blog. Like how do you how do you approach that when you're like, Oh, dude, this picture will literally be on fourteen different media sites? For album art? Yeah, or just music in general. I think just something that matches the vibe of the of the album, but it's also like eye catching and just well designed. You know, I I don't think there's much more that you can really think about other than like, does it match this person's brand, the sound of this particular project, and and I guess just make it really well designed and eye catching if you want it to be eye catching. Like if it's a very in your face kind of album then you have this very in-your-face kind of art. Um, yeah. Wow. that My favorite album cover is Dookie by Green Day, 1994. It's that explosion, and there's like a million things happening going on in that one scene. Uh, yeah, but that's one, of, that's one of those eye-catching things I think of. It's, sim- it's not simple, but it's just like, it's an explosion. There's like a monkey holding a pile of shit. There's like people fighting. There's an airplane like it's it's just crazy, but it's I don't know. I've always loved that the design that went into that. Dude, I I don't know if there's gonna be album art like this because I feel like you know '94 vinyls were still kind of going, CDs were popular, but you like held that physical record, like you looked at it, but like like they didn't even they like if you click the the song they didn't even try to put the whole album art in it. Like they're literally like look at every detail, right? Like, I don't know if that type of art is really going to be prevalent in music. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's because wild. People are moving away from that physical. Yeah. Like, if, even even if, just the sketch idea of it, like those sketch details, like yeah. that's super cool to see in person. If that's like, printed on a, on a vinyl, like a cover, yeah, you could look sick. through that whole thing and appreciate it. Yeah, but on a, on a little tile on your phone, it, you're not going to see yeah, those. Yeah, you're not going to see that. It's very different. That was a hundred percent intended to be like held and looked at and made bigger than they they are today. Yeah. So 
yeah, design definitely changes the where it where it lives, especially through the music industry, changes all the time. And I know with um, you know, there's kind of a general principle of like the more anything, the lower the quality, right? Like music is being produced at a crazy rate, and there is so much shitty music out there, yeah, right? Yeah. But the same, like, could you say the same thing with album art and cover art and music, like visual design, like? There's a ton coming out. Are you seeing like a higher percentage of album arts that are that are you're just like, oh god, like who okay, like you took a Photoshop class in high school. I don't it. know about album art, but like it's funny, designers have like a joke about you know Canva. Yeah. Like I've seen designers before. Um it's actually someone I worked at iHeart with. Like she has a really, really good Instagram, like design stuff every day like always is putting out content. Like she's super busy, but still designs stuff for her personal page all the time, which is something I want to get better at. Uh, a lot of people do dailies, which is like just creating something every day, um, which I want to be better at, but I'm just like so focused on trying to do my best for the clients that I have who need content every day that like, I just, I feel like I don't have the time to make something for myself. But she, anyway, she's constantly putting out content and something she posted the other day which I laughed so hard at and she's like it's true like um she just posted something it was like looked creative the way she did it like it was a cool design but it just said canva doesn't make you a graphic designer like <laughs> everybody's using canva like to run their social accounts which is great because they're making it look better than like screenshotting their notes on their phone or something yeah. to get a point across which is awesome but like it's funny like there's new technology i guess or like platforms for people who don't know how to use photoshop to get content out and to design content and it doesn't make you a designer just because you can do that and make <laughs> it look like decent so it's funny like you said that because i think that there's more people out there that are thinking that you know they can make content like nice con nice looking content um where it actually you know, probably could be better done with a designer, you know? So it's, yeah, it's funny. Like, I'm sure there's a higher rate of, you know, stuff that artists would look at and be like, that's not, like, I could do that probably better for you. <laughs> I'm sure that drives you crazy. Do you just look at something and go, wow, that probably took him like five minutes to throw that together? <laughs> yeah, like on a Canva template or something. Like, I'm like, can you hire me? Because I'd like to do that for you. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that's that's a really interesting observation. And it's funny you say that because me and my homies were having a conversation the other day about TikTok. And like, there's this whole generation of kids that are just going to know how to edit videos. I know, through TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Basically. Like, some of, these, some of these edits and transitions are kind of crazy. I know. But, but, you know, like I said, just because they know how to do it doesn't necessarily make it good, right? So, like, what do you see kind of the future of that field being like, are you kind of nervous that like, man, like, you know, these kids can just do it in a few seconds and they're going to grow up with this skill, but they only know how to do it on an app. Or are you like, yeah, well just cause they can do it doesn't mean it's good. Like, how do you see kind of that plan? I mean, out I don't want to be, I don't want to be like that where it's like, just cause they do it. It's not good. Like only I can do it. Well, you know, I don't, I don't have that mindset because like, yeah, people do the, um, you know, like the TikToks where you look to the left and right and it's like you look yeah. at yourself kind of thing. That's like, it's like a whip pan, 
Like it's where you like move the camera and you cut there and then you pick it up on a camera move basically. Um, which like I use that in music videos or in like, you know, movies or any, anything in peaches, there's one because we had to cut. So I just whipped and then we cut and then we picked it up again on a whip, you know, where it's all blurry and you can't tell when you make the cut. And that's like something that's widely used on TikTok by the average person with their phone now. (laughs) So it's like, it's interesting. Um, Do I worry that people like regular people on TikTok can like edit and stuff and I, not really like I don't think I don't think I don't think that designers and uh like other creatives are worried about like the access to these editing tools and stuff cuz there's a level of knowledge that you have to have to to shoot on you know high quality cameras and like edit the right way and color grade and like do all this stuff that these average people don't know how to do. But it sometimes it's concerning that like the general public doesn't like can't tell the difference almost. Yeah. But I guess if you see two things side by side, you would know the difference. Like if you shoot something in 4k on your iPhone 11 or whatever versus on a red camera and you color grade it nicely, you're going to see the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you think people, like in more of a, I don't know if subconscious or intu- intuitive way, maybe like if they try to define the difference, they couldn't see it, but they know. Like if at the end of the day, they they know. Yeah, I think if you put two things side by side, you'll know. You know. So I mean, do you do you do you kind of see that as like a challenge? Where like, okay, this this whip transition is is becoming more common. So like, let's let's push it. Like let's do something these kids don't know how to do on TikTok. Like yeah, yeah, I would say as as you know, people who aren't in the creative field, like are able to, to get these new skills, you have to then take your content further. Like maybe a whip pan now is basic. And you, yeah, like you said, like now we need to come up with an even cooler transition, you know, something that can't be done editing on your iPhone on TikTok. So yeah, <laughs> that what you what you were saying about how people can't notice the difference it reminded me of two years ago i was at um there's a music festival in napa in i'm from the bay area in california and uh i on one stage the band muse was playing and i'm a guitarist and seeing the guitarist matt bellamy playing is like insane i mean he is so good and so on the other stage across the field there is the chain smokers playing and uh, the guy pulls out a guitar and he plays this little tiny riff on the guitar that I probably could have played in fifth grade when I played guitar for like a week or a month or something. And people are like just going wild. And I'm just saying, as a guitarist, especially after seeing Muse, I'm like, what are you doing? No, <laughs> you can't yeah. do this. Yeah, but like when you're not presented with that better option, sometimes you're just like, this is good. You know, it's like, it's like designing on Canva. Like, you know, if you're a small business owner and you design something on Canva and you're like, this is good. But really, if you, if you talk to somebody, you know, like if you hire Carfee Media, you know, maybe we can brainstorm something, you know, that's even cooler and we'll get you more clients or more customers. And, um, you know, if we make ads, like it'll be more eye catching than a, than a Canva design. And you'll be able to convert more customers and, you know, increase your revenue. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a frustrating thing about art nowadays 
is like the chain smokers sell way more records than Muse, but that does not mean they're a better band. Yeah, and we, you like, and I talk about this all the time. I feel like, dude, like there's oh there's these like raw artists out there that are so good and they're so talented, and then there's the ones that are actually making like serious money, and I don't think they have half the amount of talent that they just got lucky. Um. And we talk about that all the time because one of my favorite things to do is like discover new talent that you're like, wow. Like for me, working with artists or meeting artists, like top tier artists is so much cooler than any other kind of celebrity. For something about like musicians is so cool to me. Like I just admire it so much. Maybe because it's like a very creative field or maybe because I grew up like playing music or and just appreciating it. But like, I have friends that like are in a band or make music and are just like crazy talented. And I, I like admire it and appreciate it so much. And then like you, and like they're not making any money, but then you see the people that are, and I'm like, well, these people could do it way better. Like, you know, they just haven't been given the chance yet. So, yeah. And do you, do you find it self-limiting at times as a, as an artist, as a graphic designer, that you want to make something palatable for the masses without getting too like you know getting too complex because i feel like music is like that too like you know i'll use the same example muse is like really complicated complex music i mean as a guitarist i'm like what the hell it's it's just breaking barriers of, of of kind of guitar playing but um something so simple like the chain smokers obviously they're really really popular um how is that an art also? Do you want to make something that's like simple and catchy um, or something that's bigger but might not be as popular? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, the, the people that put so much into it and it doesn't come through to like the general population, you know, but but then like that, that super simple song with like a regular chord progression or whatever that's in every you know piece of pop music is on the radio. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and you're saying, how does it relate to art? Um, do I want to make something that's simple and more? I, I think there's this, I think more complex in art, depending on what it is, like if it's, if it's motion, the more complex you make it, the more appealing it will be. Like, so if I make a, if I make a, a motion graphics design, that's like a, a promo or something. And I just like make the text move in the screen or something. That's not going to be as catchy as if I have like much more going on. So I, I sometimes I used to just make these like simple things and then I would be like, okay, I'm happy with it. Now, when I finish, like I watch it a couple times and I'm like, what can I add to this? That's going to like, the more that's going on, the more you're like, whoa, this is, this is cool. You know, um, like even when you see like Monday night football or like, if you just watch any commercial and you see the, the motion graphics that are going on, like, it's not just the text coming like into the screen, like on like NFL football and stuff. It's like a lot of 3d. Um, but if you like, look at the details, like there's way more going on that you don't even realize. Um, so I would say like the busier you make those things, not busy in a bad way, like you can't understand what's going on, but subtle things, 
um, are more appealing and catch your eye better. From a design standpoint, I'm pretty simplistic though. Like for still design, I like something simple and clean. Um, I don't like having a bunch going on in that regard. But I think with any motion, the more you do, the more you put into it to an extent, if it's like crazy busy, it's like too much. But the more work you put into it and the more like fine details you can add, I think the better, the better it resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers. Yeah, that. definitely. And it's, it's gotta be like kind of subconscious also. And I, I know like Liam could tell you about this also in marketing. I don't know anything about that, but it, like you said, a commercial there, aren't there always kind of like uh, subconscious or subliminal messages that your brain picks up on, but you're not consciously aware of? Like, how does that come into play uh, in art? Uh, I mean, so for like, I know for for certain brands, like if you want to bring color science into it, like the certain colors you use give off feelings. Like it's just like how we're wired. Um, like yellow is you know more of a happy positive vibe we we talk about this with you know the tiktok that we're doing liam mm-hmm. um oh yeah shout out um everybody you go follow dose music on tiktok dose music yeah <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to your uh, new favorite music give it a follow <laughs> i i think that's one example is like what colors you use like i know for like insurance companies they like try to use blue cuz it's like tranquil and you know stuff like that it's like subtle subtle things that that you can do that um you know, evoke emotion. Um, I think anytime that's important, um, you should take it into consideration with like color and the motion that you're using. Like if it's a, if it's a very calm type of advertisement or commercial, like you shouldn't do anything too jumpy and like stuff like that. It's funny because it like, I think in art, like what you're saying with motion graphics in principle kind of definitely translates over to music right like it's kind of this weird line of like what do the consumers perceive versus what's actually there right like personally chain smokers is not for me and it's it's on the on the framework it's pretty simple typically it's like four chords talking about like hey let's go to paris let's go fall in love blah 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 backseat of your like a simple guitar yeah exactly exactly but like realistically like that is high quality production and there's probably a lot more like textures and sound design that we don't understand which is which is pretty baffling because uh, I, i don't know it's just such a weird concept to me of like how do you balance that like like we were saying going back to the the um the artists that are really good but not as digestible to the masses while you have pretty basic artists that are but maybe that's why like there was a a kanye quote and you know if you don't like kanye i'm sorry guys but he uh he said like art is supposed to be dividing like if everybody likes your art it's it's kind of hard to label it as art because it's supposed to be new and it's supposed to be challenging right like I don't know, you name any influential artist, like the first rappers, everybody was like, what the hell is this music? Like, this will never be on radio. 
right? And now it's the biggest genre in the world. Like same thing with Skrillex and like electronic music. When it first came out, it was so dividing. So I guess that's another thing is like there's this period of introduction where people are not consuming this music. But like where is that exponential curve of like, oh, like rap sucks, rap sucks, rap sucks, rap sucks, biggest genre in the US right now. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 almost like you just kind of have to be relentless. You know, another genre that I feel like is growing is like, I, I don't even know how you label it, but it's like, maybe you know better, Liam, but it's like the, um, like screamo type rap, like the Josiahs of the, of the world. Um, yeah. Like did six, nine start that with like his sort of like yelling form rap. And then it kind of got, I mean, I think he's a little bit different than uh, like a Josiah, but I, I feel like that's grown. I feel like there's like an appeal to that now. Um, yeah. X, X was definitely an influence there. Right. Right. I feel like that's growing and it, it started as like, what is this? Like, yeah. you know, years ago, that's like that, but that's pretty divided. Like still not a lot of people like that. Yeah. You know? And I only like, you know, certain people who do it, certain, certain artists, certain songs. Um, but like, that's, I feel like that's a good example of what you're talking about. hundred percent. I feel like music has always been that way too. Cause I'm thinking back to like, uh, when Jimi Hendrix first came out in the 1960s, it was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it was just so influential and crazy. Um, and you know, another example I think of is like when Queen was trying to release Bohemian Rhapsody, it was like, what are you doing putting a seven minute song on the radio with these like opera section? And it was, you know, there was this objection to it. Um, yet now it is like one of the greatest songs ever written. And uh, I think just breaking down barriers in general, it's like you release it and people are thinking, what the hell is this? And then it really, really starts to speak to people. Man, it's interesting. Because it's like, I, I mean, I, there's got to be for every Bohemian Rhapsody, for every Bohemian Rhapsody, there was like a thousand that didn't work, right? There's those people that are like, oh no, this'll, this seven minute song, will this'll be it, man. This'll work. And I, I don't know. Like, this is just, this is all like hypothetical and rhetorical, but like, I just wonder what it is because like is it this is it really the quality that people will digest like is 3 years from now Josiah going to be one of the biggest rappers because people realize it or are they just going to get so hammered with people screaming over trap beats that they're like all right fine right like i'm reading this book called this the, <laughs> i'm reading this book called the song machine uh, and it's this guy who kind of breaks down how pop music came to be and like kind of the history of music. And he, at one point in the book says, um, he's like, this is the first time he's, I don't know. I think he was talking about a song that came out. I think it was like a flow ride, a song, but he's like, this is the first time in my musical history that when I first hear it, I don't like the song, but the more I listen to it, the more I like it. So I don't know what it is about, music and like these new genres but it's like this curve of this sucks this sucks this sucks well going back to the visual thing 
Josiah, I got interested in Josiah because of the Lyrical Lemonade video for Crisis. I, I, it's one of my all-time favorite music videos. I think it's unbelievable. And um, after watching that video like so many times and enjoying it, I, I was like, let me add the song. Like I'll work out to the song now. <laughs> like, so I think like visuals can make you like a song more. Mm -hmm. And somebody also in this genre is, you know, Tokyo's Revenge. Yeah, dude, he's sick. Yeah. So like that's he's pretty much in that genre, I would say. And he has that song that was like all over TikTok. What's that one? Do you know what it's called? Thought. Was it Thought? I don't know. I think it's Thought. Oh wait, no, that was different. No, I think it's it's good. Is it good morning Tokyo? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So that yeah. one. Um that song, like how many TikToks have you seen to that song, you know? So then now are you like, oh, I've seen so many people like dance well to that song and I've enjoyed those videos. Now do I like that song? Like, I think the visuals can really help um, even just like push a genre that's kind of unorthodox. And I think it can make it more widely accepted. Like at first, if you if you just heard that song, you might be like, "Why is this guy screaming?" Like, <laughs> like calm down, sir. Yeah, like, I, like I don't know if this is for me. And then you see all <laughs> the TikToks to it, and you're like, "Oh wait, like a lot of people like this, and you know, maybe I do now too." You get like convinced. Do you think it's that social validation, maybe, for some of that? I think, like, I think part of that, yeah. Oh, like oh they oh they like it. Like that's how. I, I yeah, that's know. that's. I feel like a lot of people, you know, have that influence. Um, personally, I. I think more uh, like about the music itself. I know you do too. Like artistically, like do I like what this person's doing? Like do I respect it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely influenced socially too. I I must be. Like if you oh, go to yeah. like in college, we all are. Yeah, yeah. If you in college, if you go to like a darty and you listen to what was the first Chainsmokers song with Halsey? Closer, closer. Okay. okay. Liam, so, that freshman year, like fall semester, <laughs> Gonzaga. Yeah. I just remember oh that playing God. so much. All freshman year, I, I go to my first college tailgate, yeah. and I'm like, "This is mayhem." And I take a video of like my surroundings and closers on it, and I look back at that video, and I'm like, "This was, this was such a cool moment." And it's closer playing, and now I like closer. I mean, not anymore, yeah. really. But at the time, I was like, "I love closer," just because yeah. of like what was going on at that time but i think visuals can do the same thing for you like whether you're at a party and you hear the song and you're like loving what's going on around you even when you watch a video if you're loving the content you see to that song it does the same thing and i feel i feel like that that's a big piece of how artists stay relevant i mean we've re, we've definitely reiterated how you have to have a i mean not you don't necessarily have to but I don't, I couldn't name a top ten artist that doesn't just have a crazy strong visual presence. But when it comes to music videos, apart from the press side of things, I feel like that's what keeps artists. Well, not maybe what what keeps them popping, but like it's another large contributing factor. Like that's what Drake does so well. So well. I don't know. Like that's your not favorite his music. Though, Liam. Yeah. Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> 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 that is not that is not my I guy. Was, I was listening but, to uh, uh, Tuesday before I started this. Oh God! Uh, but dude, like he just creates these viral moments so well. Like yeah. when uh, that one song where he was just handing people money. 
Yeah. What was that song? Uh, I don't know. God's plan. It doesn't matter. Yeah, God's plan. And then that no guidance video with Chris Brown. Like where he's is just that like the, is that the dance off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dance off. I was at RCA. Like I, I ended up making like I ended up making the gifts for it. I got to see it like way early. I uh I made the gifts for it. I cut some like trailers for it. Yeah. That that was I, I loved it because like I was like behind the scenes on it, I think. But it was funny. Like he was really Dude. funny in that. Drake's not yeah. afraid to like do that stuff, you know. Pop's and car it, is so good, but that's Khaled's song, I think. Right? Uh, Dude, I I couldn't even I don't know much of much of his music, but what's the what's the song about the he's like it, he's hotline like uh, yeah hotline bling yeah that yeah. I, that's the music video I remember where he's like dancing right? in like a colorful thing and he's in an orange jacket and he's just like yeah there's been there's been a lot of recent ones with Drake that like I can picture those music videos because they've done a phenomenal job the one with Future where he's like a garbage man and then he's working at McDonald's like you know all those. That one's great. Um, and then what's the one at the Nike compound, the newest song? Oh, Life is Good? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Yes. Dude, yeah. I'm, I feel like an old man. I'm so out of touch with like, because when I'm thinking music videos, I didn't know that they're still really relevant. Honestly, like I, I love old music. So like my favorite music video, um, Hot for Teacher by Van Halen, 1984. Like, that that is a fucking funny music video i love it um but yeah that's so cool because i don't really think it hadn't occurred to me that music videos are so relevant when i think of music videos i'm thinking like mtv in the 80s and like you know that sort of thing but that's super cool part of you know you ask about like my process and stuff part of my process i would say is to watch like I watch a lot of music videos. Like they can get you inspired for anything, for the text on the video, transitions, just overall concept. Like I love music videos. Like I love making them and I love watching them. So um, I, I like to just like hit mute the, like the music tab on YouTube and just watch anything new that comes out. I know just consuming. Viva, yeah, Viva does a good job of like they used to have like a. It, I don't know if it's no, it's not Vivo Discover, but it's it's under, it's like on Vivo. They tell you like the music videos from the past week, like what came out, what did you miss? And I used to watch that all the time, just because then I could be like, oh, that one looks cool. Let me watch that one. So I'm actually like disappointed when I watch a music video, and I'm like, especially for a big artist, and I'm like, this was just like basic. I'm like, this is disappointing. Or like even Lyrical Lemonade, like if one comes out and it's like kind of boring, I'm like well, what the heck? Like you guys, you guys make so many good ones. Why is this one not good? Like, you know, but it's subjective. Like they were probably very proud of it, but personally I didn't, you know. And um, Ryan, actually to your point, I think music videos just play a different role. I think the Drake music videos, while they're good objectively, I could argue that they are successful because they create clips that people can post on Instagram. Like these Drake viral moments are good because there's just 30 seconds on there that Complex can repost. And then he, that's just another million people that see this video yeah. that are driving. Like just the YouTube video itself, probably not as impactful, but because he's, they're so good at like whoever's on his creative team, like it's that role that these little sections, it's like, it's like that, a thumbnail. That Drake, 
yeah, like that Drake clip was in in the Chris Brown video was perfect because it was it was you only needed to watch like fifteen <laughs> seconds. Of it. it was great, but you only needed to watch like fifteen to thirty seconds of it, which you can repost anywhere. And and I I again like you could you could play into like these kids' ad, adaptation to social media, but their time, um, their focus is so short now. It has to be so quick. That you need like these 15, 30 seconds they've to get also, someone. Oh. They've also created some sort of concept in all of those that becomes a topic of conversation. Like you're like, did you see that? It was crazy. Like Z Slide, another one that I remember very well. It was like a one take video of him just like walking through his new house. But because everybody was like, Drake bought a what? $100 million house? Like, then he releases a video that walks through the whole thing. Obviously, I'm going to go watch that. I want to see it. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, there's just there's just stuff that they've been doing, or like that funny moment in the No Guidance one where you're like, I got to check that out. Like, there's just he just comes up with these great concepts, and like Bieber and the pop star one through the whole thing, like with Scooter Braun, and then and then they brought in so many like old Vine stars that were dancing, like King Batch is in it. <laughs> Zane, uh, whoever from Dobrik's vlogs and stuff. There's a and lot of I people think in that. That's that is a super interesting part about music nowadays. Is it's not always the artists that have to make the moments for themselves. TikTok is creating those moments mm-hmm. for the artists. Like Drake put out Tusi Slide and it blew up on TikTok before. I, I don't know if his video released at the same time, but I think it was bigger on TikTok than YouTube, right? Like. TikTok did those viral moments. Like they essentially created that video presence without having to do anything. I'm sure they shoveled, you know, like 20, 30K to TikTok influencers, but that's such a small portion of an actual video budget. I gotta you know? say though, the 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 songs that are getting created specifically for TikTok bother me a lot. I hate it. Like you are no longer expressing yourself as an artist. I hate it. With you're you're creating music like with an agenda to to be on TikTok, and it it bothers me. Like when Tuesday Slide came out, I was I was bothered by it. I was like, you're literally like saying dance instructions so that people go make this for TikTok. That song was definitely created for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm Liam loves that bothers me. That probably made him a ton of money. So like, how can you really argue it? But like. I just really appreciate those that are like expressing themselves artistically for, you know, with authenticity, not with like that. Like he had money in mind to make that. So it's just a game. It yeah. is. But I mean, you you could argue that people have been like since the early two thousands, people have been making music to be consumed by everybody. Like Taylor Swift, I was listening to a podcast with um, her manager, and he was saying what made her so successful. A was her fan base and that was because she intentionally wrote her songs to attract the people that were listening to her music right like yeah. like you think back and it's just like teardrops on my guitar cheerleader bleachers football game like every girl in the United States can relate to that and you know sorry to, actually no you know I'm not going to generalize but most can or her fans can and like I guess people have been trying to make those moments for a long time where it's intentionally not as artistic, but it's more consumable. And she maybe TikTok has, is just providing an easier medium. She has super fans too. 
Super fan. It's crazy. Like the most insane fan base, I think, out there. I've learned that like through iHeart and RCA and stuff. Like the Taylor Swift fans are like Fucking serious nuts. about her. And like you're right, she's probably built that fan base herself through her music. Like through what she's saying and the videos she makes. Like she definitely made a lot of relatable videos as she was like coming up and getting big uh for her fans. Yeah. So I think there's a fine there's a balance between that, like pushing the envelope with creativity, but then making something that people can relate to. And I keep throwing out these old references, but I, I love um like when the Beatles first came to the United States, their one of their first hits was I Wanna Hold Your Hand. It's super simple, just really catchy. And the Beatles like built their uh, brand on this simple music that was catchy that people loved and could relate to. And then when you start getting deeper into their uh, career, like Sgt. Pepper's and the Lonely Hearts uh, Club Band, like that type of stuff is more uh, more complex musically. Uh, once they already had that, but I definitely think there's a fine balance because there are simple songs that are really good. Um, like one of one, <laughs> another old band, my favorite, one of my favorite bands is ACDC, super simple guitar chords, but they, when you just build off that, that simple foundation, they're like legends. They're such good musicians, but it's interesting. Like. Yeah, so I, I I would love to know like how do you balance that? How do you balance not being a sellout but also wanting your music to sell? Dude, it's weird. It's it's all up to the person. You know, me. I don't fuck. I don't have an answer. Yeah, it's it's very very interesting. Shit, man. It's a it's a, it's a, it's just such a game, you know. Especially now, where everybody can make music and, and it's, it's ever changing. Music so quick. There's no like one formula. That's what's so cool about, I think, artistic stuff in general is it people perceive things differently. You don't know for sure that everybody is going to perceive your work the same way. And they're not. Like, you, ha- I think you always have to be adapting kind of like with the times, right? Uh, 100%. Yeah. Everybody's going to be different. You can't use the same formula over and over and expect it to work. That's Yeah, that's the crazy thing about awesome with with your media company is like it's just everything has got to be so different huh like if you work for a financial firm it's going to be kind of like the routine like kind of do a b a and b every day yeah but with carfee media you're going to be doing something different and like the type of technology you'll be using to create your designs even a year from now it's got to be so different Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i worry about like you know, that stuff changes all the time. There becomes a new standard of how you do things all the time that I will be ever learning. Like I will always be learning. Um, I feel like you love that though. I do love that. Yeah. Um, but I, I worry about like, like, am I going to be old? And like the kids coming up are going to know like the new software better than me. Like I'm going to have to always stay on top of, you know, stuff like that. Um, while still creating do you know what i mean like i'll have to keep creating content using the old stuff but get on top of the new stuff you know uh but hopefully i'm at a point where i can just like purely direct and not create although i'll always love to create you know Um, you'll just be hiring those kids right now right now it's honestly a mix like i have a bunch of people that are doing work um 
like I'm pretty well versed in web design, but I have uh, a kid that's still at UConn as a senior and he's, he's like my web guy. Um, so if I need like super fancy, like I can code basically, but like he can code like very detailed, you know, more complex things. So I have him um, already working for me and I have a few others that I hire as like general contractors, like per project, like my music video team that I've like assembled. Um, they, they shot with me once and like, I'll use them again um, in the future. But I think there's so much content to be made. Um, I want to give people an opportunity, like younger people who are super talented, an opportunity to create content in like a bunch of different genres, the same way that I get to. And I got to, um to get to where i am and like learn uh how to work with like a wide variety of clients um so i want to give you know younger creatives the same opportunity um through carfee media so that's like part of my plan to expand i already have some people now but i want to keep expanding in that direction um and then eventually just completely be the director of it all and have, you know, a motion graphics designer that I can trust or a bunch of them and graphic designers that I can trust. Um, but like, as of now, I do a lot of the work. Um, and then as I grow, I'll have to have, you know, another one of me or a couple more of me, uh, to work with me or for me. So sick. Well, I think, I think it's a good place to stop for about an hour and a half. Yeah, it's perfect. So, yeah, Austin, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for everybody, having. again, he is at Austin Carfee on Instagram. His media company is Carfee Media. That's the Instagram handle. And carfeemedia.com. Um, there's some artist listeners. So if you guys need anything, he's the man. Super easy to work with. Super creative. And just the future of design. Oh, yeah. We're excited to see uh, where you go. I'm sure we'll have you on again also. This was, this was so great. Thank you, man. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk down the line and see how, how things yes, have progressed. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother.